You're listening to Balanced Broads with your hosts, Erica and Sage. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Balanced Broads. Hey, Broads. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're staying safe and hope you're staying sane. Most importantly, we have another exciting episode for you guys today. We have a super special guest coming on to talk to you guys about something that is extremely important to us, and that is mental health. Erica and I both struggle with um, anxiety and mental health issues. So we have um, someone coming on that is going to be speaking all about that, an expert, and that is Miss Allison. Um, Sipanara, I believe that's how you pronounce it, but we will figure that out <laughs> once she gets on. And she is a, um, you know, I'm going to let her, I'm going to let her do, I'm going to let her do her intro. She'll be able to uh, talk about herself way better than we can, but she will be joining us in just a few minutes. And I am so excited, honestly, to like hear what she has to say about all of our issues. Yeah. So basically this is going to turn into a therapy session. Pretty so much. Let's get ready to hear us cry and talk about our anxiety and ask her to fix us. Exactly. Um, so yeah, she'll be on in just a couple minutes and we'll be back. But I really quickly, I mean, I didn't do anything too exciting this week, but I did want to say that I watched the Willoughby's. <laughs> and what? I loved it. It was so cute. I was, I was like, I don't even want to watch this. This is just like a dumb, uh, whatever kid movie, but it was really good. Yeah. It's really like, it's dark, but it's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's super funny. Unexpectedly so. I didn't watch anything else. Um, I finished Working Moms, which is like one of my favorite shows. I love it. So I finished that because the season four was on and I think it's done done, which it makes me kind of sad. But if you guys haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't have to be a mom to watch it. It's like you don't have to relate to it. You can relate to it. It's so, so funny. It's so funny. Um, um, I feel like this last season was so fast. Yeah. It was only eight episodes versus normally they have like 14 yeah, it was it was pretty quick and don't you, I think that was like the end, right? Like the end forever? Yeah. I'm going to be so sad if it is because it's, it just it's, happened so quickly. It seems like the way they ended it that that was going to be it. So That's sad. I'm depressed now. I'm going to start Dead to Me this week also because That's everyone's so been telling me to watch it. My mom started it and she told me to watch it. So I'm going to go ahead and start that one and I will let you guys know next week. We do have another guest coming on next week, you guys. We are like jam-packed with guests and I personally love it because we love getting to hear from like different people, different businesses. Everyone's totally different and brings such new things to the table. So um, we'll have another guest next week for you guys. Yeah, it'll be a fun combo and refreshing to not hear our voices for like an hour straight. Exactly. So um, we will be right back with our very special guest and um, we'll see you in a second. All right, you guys. So we are back. We are here with Miss Allison Saponara. Did I already mess it up? It's Sepanera. Sepanera. Okay. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm already messing it up. I knew I was gonna mess it up, but that um, we are here. I'm just gonna say Allison because that, I'm not gonna continue to butcher it. That's great. It's no problem. <laughs> it's unique. 
Yes. Um, but Allison, um, tell us about you, what you do, and you know everything like that so our, our listeners know exactly who we're talking to. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Allison Sepanera. I am a licensed professional counselor in um, Lafayette Hill, Pennsylvania, which is about 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I specialize in anxiety disorders with women who are going through a life transition. And I also work closely with children with special needs. So that's sort of my day job. Um, and then I also run a Instagram profile. It's the, the Anxiety Healer. Um, and it's something near and dear to my heart because it is um, kind of uh, something that I'm creating into a brand as far as raising um, mental health awareness and anxiety awareness uh, around the world. And I'm so excited because this platform is just amazing in being able to kind of raise awareness about mental health and kind of end the stigma around it a little bit. So um, I've created that platform, which I'm so excited about. And I also am the founder of the Anxiety Healing School, which is a, an online health and wellness course platform. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of different types of anxiety healing courses um, that you can find as far as healing your anxious thoughts and healing your anxious triggers, which is actually coming soon. Um, and, and you can just find a lot of different types of healing resources um, there as well. So yeah, I'm really awesome. excited to kind of talk about this. Yeah, and raise more awareness. Yes, and I, I know we were speaking about it before. That's that's definitely, Eric and I both struggle with, um, I think, very extreme anxiety. I know myself, I I have very extreme anxiety, and that's something that I've dealt with since I was, I can remember from like four years old dealing with it. And um, Erica, you are on um, medication for it as well still, right? Yeah, so I started having anxiety in the second grade and I just started taking medication last year. Um, and we've been super open about that on the podcast about like being natural versus just getting help. So that's something we definitely wanna talk about with um, CBT. Sure, yeah, yeah. and. You know, I appreciate you guys being so open and honest about your journeys because I think that's really what it, what's really going to relate to people the most. Um, and mm -hmm. I am very transparent with my anxiety journey on my page um, because I also struggled from a young child as well. But mm -hmm. I don't think I necessarily knew what it was that I was struggling with until I was an adult. And yeah. I kind of look back now and I, I go to therapy, um, you know, as much as possible, very consistently. And, um, you know, it was only as an adult that I actually recognized that I was going through anxiety as a child because it looks very different for children than it does for adults. So, um, really? so it's, yeah, so it's kind of like a, a different type of journey, but, um, you know, we can recognize that now, which, which is good and kind of work through those, those patterns that, that create that debilitating type of anxiety for us. Yeah. And I, I remember being yeah, four or five years old starting kindergarten and just being so nauseous every morning, like so sick to my stomach every day and not even realizing that it was stemming from the severe separation anxiety with my mom, which I know I've talked about on here before, um, something that I still sh struggle with as an adult. So, and, and going to therapy and talking about that and recognizing as an adult that that was that just the root, you know, it was just starting and starting and yeah. just festering. And then every big life change, you know, in my life, starting a new school or, um, you know, a relationship or breaking off a relationship or whatever was, it was, um, you know, causing this, such this bad anxiety. But I feel like in the past couple years, for me, at least, it's just kind of turned into this like day-to-day -day anxiousness. And it's been, it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I can imagine. And I can imagine, I mean, I don't know. Um, it's been, it's varied for people I've talked to within the past couple months with the pandemic going on, yeah. but, um, you know, we can get into that, but there's, there's definitely different levels of anxiety that, that people I work with and that people I've been talking to have been having over the last couple months as well. Yeah. I think this month we, or th- these past couple of months we've talked about, like has been so hard on people, even the ones who never even had anxiety are, are getting anxious and not knowing what to do with these feelings. And, um, you know, people like us are struggling even more, but how has it, do you feel like that too? Like it's just been so, everyone's just been so much more on edge. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting that I found is that a lot of my, um, my clients that I, that I see in my practice who have more generalized anxiety and um, not as much panic disorder, but have multiple panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them actually have not felt as anxious over the past couple months, which has mostly to do. And, and when I say not as anxious, cause anxiety does look different for everybody, but um, they haven't felt as debilitated by it, even though, you know, their thoughts and we'll go get into CBT, but their anxious thoughts are kind of always present. They're always in their mind, but they felt that it was, it was, you know, they were more in control of what, of their day to day. And probably it's because they're, even though there's this lack of control as far as globally, they're in their safe zone in their home. And a lot of times um, when people are feeling are in their house, they're feeling a lot safer because it's kind of, you know, they're, they're not worried about the external factors of what actually gives them a lot of the anxiety, whether it's socially um, or, you know, at their job, a lot of them, um, you know, are able to work from home. So they do still have an income, but financial pressures are a whole other issue. But um, as far as right now, but it's, it's interesting. So I've, a lot of my clients have felt sort of this type of kind of relief. And I think it also has to do with the fact that they, this is some, they've always had this like heightened sense of hypervigilance. Yeah. So when you struggle with anxiety, you're always on edge, right? Quote unquote, that's how you always feel. You sort of always feel like you're in fight or flight mode. Um, So I think what you, what, what you said before, as far as people that really had never experienced anxiety before, they're the ones that are sort of struggling because it's a new feeling for them. And for yeah. us that have struggled with anxiety for so long, we're just like, well, now you know how it feels for us like every second of the day, even when life is quote unquote normal, right? This yeah. is kind of how our body and our mind feels. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm in the same boat, at least as you were describing right now, because normally I have anxiety every day. I have negative thoughts just going about my normal life. But now that we have been in quarantine, I'm kind of doing okay for the most part. (laughs) Um, And I feel like, you know, because for me, home is safe and I don't have any outside factors of different things that can give me anxiety. So I think I've been handling it better versus like the extroverts that I know who don't have anxiety are now kind of stuck at home and realizing how your thoughts just catch up to you. Yeah. It's so interesting to see. I've, I, cause I was saying that to my mom, I was like, I feel like I haven't had as much anxiety as I thought I was going to. Like, I feel it sounds dumb to say justified, but you feel like, you know, this is 
now you, everyone who doesn't struggle with this knows what you're feeling, you know? And you're like, yeah, no, this is like, like how you said, Allison, like you were always in fight or flight. So we're like, we've been training for this our whole lives. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I think that what's going on, it's just, it's such a different, I mean, it's something no, none of us have ever experienced before, you know, all of the change and everything. I mean, essentially what we're going through is, is really traumatic for everyone. Even if we're not directly affected by it, um, we're going through a global pandemic and it's going to, it's going to affect everybody's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we're still quarantined. I think, I think one of the biggest, um, hurdles for as far as mental health professionals and as far as people that struggle with mental health, especially anxiety, one of the, I think, biggest hurdles is going to be when we actually start going out again. So yeah. you think about feeling sort of safe in your house, you know, we're, we're here, we have to kind of figure out what's going on. You know, we trust people in our countries about what's going on and listening to them, but we're still ordered to stay home a lot of places, right? In Philadelphia, we are for another mm -hmm. couple of weeks, but even, even when we're not, not everything's really going to be open. But when things really start opening again and maybe your job tells you that you have to go back to work and, and life starts kind of having a sense of normalcy again, I think we're going to see anxiety really spike as far as people leaving their houses again. I do too. I think that being a struggle for me because just going back to normal life after being home for so long, it's already like the thought of it already gives me anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And like, I think we're start, people are starting to like associate home, you know, with just home with being safe and leaving home is scary and um, being in crowds again, you know, going out to places like that. It's going to be, it's going to be really weird. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, we have this again, heightened sense of um, hypervigilance and, you know, there's a lot of different triggers that people have but as far as you know that relates to anxiety um and you know this is whatever the triggers were before you know the, in those cer certain situations whether it was socially or it was health related or maybe, um you know you have a reaction to everyone there everyone's going to have some type of worry about going outdoors and and ha having germs and like and catching this virus you know and not knowing the uncertain, you know, the uncertainty of it and not seeing it and not knowing. So it's just another layer on top of even other anxieties that were there in the first place. No. Yeah. I think it, cause it, like you were saying, it's just like, it's a new thing that none of us were ever even, it wasn't, we weren't even thinking about it, you know? So it's just, it kind of sucks to have this new layer, um, for the people who already struggle and it's just something new that we have to worry about. And then, people who weren't struggling it's the whole world now is, is dealing with this like these mental you know these these health issues and um yeah. and it's just like this like blanket of like fear and it's 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 scary it's hard it's you know it's it's something that I don't know but <laughs> it's it's weird that's all I can say it's definitely weird yeah no it is and it's it's I think you know in my in my school, my online school, I offered um, a free course on. It's called Healing Pandemic Anxiety, and I completed it probably within the first week of being quarantined because I just knew how people were going to respond initially. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was such a a sense of a loss of control when it first happened, and this kind of initial 
um, reaction as far as people feeling like they were going to die and that there was this, they, and, and some people even telling me they didn't even know what pandemic meant really, you know, they (laughs) hear that word and that word is already gives them anxiety. Yeah, no, for sure. And the news is just another level of, you know, fear mongering and just constant bad news just being, um, put you know thrown in your face constantly and we always talk about on here that we personally I try just not to watch the news at all because it has brought just so much anxiety like of things that I honestly didn't even need to know you know what I mean I I can live my life just not knowing these small things that are just going to trigger so much anxiety for me Oh, 100%. That's actually one of the lessons in my, in my course, because it is, it's almost like you can't, I I can't say that enough to my clients and to people that, you know, some of my students is as far as the media, that's something I've said for, I mean, what, this is week 11 or something every single day, every week I have said on my platform and in my practice, just, you know, you have to be, you have to have self-discipline during this time. You have to not watch the news. You need to either schedule a time every day to watch it for maybe 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just do that. That's fine. Or stay away from it altogether. And that includes social media too, because Facebook is also like the epicenter right now of sharing articles and sharing, you know, information. Yes. Yes. It's going to be full of all of that, all of that information too. So hiding people's profiles that have too much of that, you know, making sure that you if you're on Instagram, like following people that, you know, profiles that are uplifting and educational, if you are going through it, you know, profiles that actually give you some information on how to kind of help yourself and get through it and feel less alone and not just, you know, all of the news sites, don't follow them. You know, it's, it's just, you can go down a rabbit hole so quickly. For sure. And I think for me, what's helped, and I know Erica to it is um, not going on those platforms at nighttime because that is where I know a lot of people struggle with the most like the the most uh, severe anxiety time for me is definitely nighttime and I know for a lot of people is nighttime so taking that time at night to completely just shut down put your phone away you know read a book do something else but the only time I really try to be on those platforms are in the middle of the day when I notice my anxiety is that it's um, you know the minimum it's going to be for the day. Yes. Yes. Oh, of course. That is, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the last thing you want to do and to have to see, you know, is those types of things when you're already having, you know, you already have kind of like an overactive brain anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to really, yeah, create some type of like sleep routine and sleep hygiene hygiene that does not actually include that. <laughs> exactly. And being out of ro- a routine is also, you know, hard to get, it's getting into that routine and a new routine of, um, you know, keeping yourself accountable for, for doing all these new things that you weren't doing before and you have so much more time on your hands, but sticking to a routine has been something that I know we've both struggled with. So, um, you know, trying to get everyone to do that is definitely hard. Yes. Oh, I'm glad that you guys, you guys have been trying to stick to it. I've been trying to encourage people to do that as well, because, um, again, it gives you kind of like a sense of control, 
Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, and, and it's so good for you to go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time if you can. I mean, that's mm-hmm. so great for your biological self, but also your emotional self. Yeah. So um, being able to create, yeah, that routine and that schedule. And that's actually part of, um, you know, one of the lessons too. I actually created a schedule that you can, you know, do every single day. You can write in what you need. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to do that, but as far as just keeping a kind of a, a, a sort of routine, you know, waking up at the same time and maybe eat, eating, you know, putting the times of when you eat and, and when's play. I mean, I don't know, some moms listening or dads listening that have kids and now they're teachers, right? They have parents yeah. are now teachers <laughs> teaching their kids. So, you know, there's other schedules with that now too. And everything I think was just every, so many things so much of what happened was so fast, I think, for everybody. And mm-hmm. that that also is just so, so hard. And that transition and just the fear of the unknown and all of that, it's, you know, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, it felt yeah, like I overnight. Think, I think when this just started, like we were both kind of like, okay, like we'll get, we're going to stay home for a few weeks and we're going to be fine. And then it just kept on adding on weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt like it felt like an overnight thing. And, um, but something I I wanted to definitely, we wanted to touch on with you was your, um, your method of CBT, because that's something that we, um, aren't too familiar with. I mean, I know I've heard of it and, um, Eric has read about it and we've tried to, you know, learn a little bit knowing that you were coming on and, um, but I would kind of love to hear more about that and your method and how you use that. Sure. Yeah. So CBT stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, it's, it's what I specialize in, in my private practice, although it's not necessarily what is the best practice for every single client I see. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a holistic practitioner, which means I work with the client and I treat them based on the needs that they have. So, um, you know, not every client's going to come in with, with something different and with different life experiences. So I try to um, kind of look at them from a holistic perspective and um, not like a symptom perspective, so to speak, but but I do, um, but I, I have used CBT myself and I, you know, I've been doing it for so long that I have seen so much progress with people that I work with that struggle with anxiety through CBT that I just believe in it so much. It's not just something I read out of a textbook in my, you know, graduate school. And mm-hmm. I said, Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, within my practice, it has been so effective. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of other modalities within this, um, psychology that really, um, you know, are sort of like CBT is kind of the founding father of a lot of different modalities. Um, so a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways to treat, treat clients and it's not just CBT, but that is kind of the one that I have seen the most progress in. So, um, and I'll tell you why. So here's the thing. CBT is so cool because it really focuses on the thoughts that you have in your mind and, and how they affect your feelings and, okay. and why the thoughts that we have create feelings. Okay. And, and so it always starts with, I, I call it a trigger, but not everyone in the field loves to say that word because it can sound like a negative word. But um, a trigger is essentially an event or a situation that happens in your life. 
And as a result of that situation, you, these automatic thoughts come into your mind and there might be reasons behind why these thoughts pop into your head. Um, as far as your, your life experience, right? So I do go back to childhood. I talk about different, um, you know, events that may have happened in your childhood to cause any uh, certain fears or irrational ways of thinking. But um, at that moment, you know, you may not be able to determine that that's kind of where this fear is coming from. But essentially, there's a certain event that triggers um, a thought in your mind to come up that causes this type of emotion. And with anxiety, it's excessive worry or debilitating fear. That's the emotion kind of tied to anxiety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That debilitating fear is something that's so present with me, like just literally feeling like you can't do anything, like you can't move, you can't, you know, go on with anything. And that's such a, it's such a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. And especially it feels so scary at the time because our, our mind and body are so connected. So when we, I mean, I don't think that there's anyone I've ever worked with that has not experienced some type of physical symptom when they have anxiety. Like it might not even be so debilitating in that moment, but there's definitely a physical component that goes along with what happens emotionally to us Mm -hmm. when we struggle with anxiety. And so I think physically when our body responds to that, that is in and of itself so scary because we don't know what's going on with our body. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, one of the most prevalent um, types of physical symptoms related to anxiety is shortness of breath or a racing heart. Um, I get a lot of nausea and IBS, I have IBS and I have digestive issues and, um, you know, it's like the chicken or the egg thing. I don't know if sometimes it happens because I'm anxious or am I anxious because my stomach hurts? You know, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I definitely sometimes get I- the stomach issues too, for sure. Yeah. So sometimes I don't know, but with that racing heart and, you know, shortness of breath, I mean that, especially right now too, not to bring it back to COVID, but you know, a lot of the symptoms mimic the symptoms of COVID. Yeah. So so I've gotten so many DMs and clients, you know, contacting me feeling so scared because they're having the shortness of breath. And, you know, I walk them through breathing exercises and and, um, you know, remind them of the cognitive behavioral techniques we've used and, um, and, and it helps them. But the fact of the matter is when, when we have this, when we have this type of situation that triggers these anxious feelings and this excessive worry, um, sometimes we can't grasp what the thought is behind it at the moment because all of these other things are happening. And also because we have about 50,000 thoughts a day. Oh my gosh. So in order, yeah, on average, I think 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. So how are you supposed to kind of identify what thought is really creating this excessive fear and worry? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is where CBT is so effective because if you find an expert that can help you help treat you, what we're going to do is break down the thoughts and and because of you know our our experience and um, you know our schooling. I can sit down with someone and the first session I already know what their, you know, maybe top five, five irrational thoughts are that they have, right? That there's a theme, there's a common pattern. Mm-hmm. And so it's just breaking, it's sort of just kind of like an ice, ice pick. You kind of chip away at what the thoughts are that um, are creating this intense fear. And we work on 
dissecting those thoughts and reframing them and essentially rewiring the way that you think. That's so interesting. I have a um, best friend who actually introduced me to CBT and just the, like the practice of it where in the moment of a panic attack, you have to kind of pause and like take a step back and like think of why you're thinking what you're thinking and why it's making you panic. It's definitely like such a hard thing for some of us to do while we're having anxiety. But once you like are able to do it, I feel like it is really effective because you're just, you're realizing that it's all in your head. Yes. Well, and so I actually like to describe our, the thoughts that we have at um, sort of like a volume dial on a radio. So the thoughts that any of our thoughts that we have, even if they're not even related to anxiety, but any of the 70,000 thoughts that come into our brain, they come into our brain automatically. There's nothing that we do that causes us to do that, you know, because a Mm -hmm. lot of people put blame on themselves for like having the thoughts that they have, but it's nobody's fault. They just seriously appear in our brain, kind of like blinking. Okay. Right? Uh So, so they, they kind of just appear. So what, what, is I think a hard concept for people to understand is that there's no magic pill. Okay. I'm, I'm an advocate for, for, um, psychiatric medication for sure. And I'm an advocate mm-hmm. for people that need to do that, even though I'm, I'm holistic, but, um, there is no magic, anything that's going to take a thought out of your brain. That's going to go in there and just it pop, it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens. What we need to do is, is try and figure out what are, we need to try and figure out what the best way is for us to turn down the volume on the thoughts that we have that are creating this worry and recognize the thoughts as not really having much power and we need to become an observer of them. So Mm -hmm. we need to step back and kind of recognize that we can see them and we know that they're there and we know that they're happening, but they don't have power and they don't have control over us and that it's just a thought and we sort of, they come into our brain and they go out. So they kind of float by like a cloud. Yeah. And, and that's very effective that, that the way I interpret it for people like that. And just kind of taking that control back and, and knowing, you know, assessing the situation and knowing that like what you said is the thought's going to come in and out. And I think for me too, I, I've been working on, cause sometimes I'm not even having like negative thoughts. If that makes sense. I, it's like a feeling, it's a physical, like you said, I get a, like I'll get nauseous or I've been, you know, I've been experiencing a lot of, um, I think that it's like disassociating, like I'm not present in like the situation. I feel kind of like I'm in a dream almost like I'm in a bubble. Yes. 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 And that's that. Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, no, it's okay. I was just going to say that's the new, the, the new super fun. So fun. The new, um, yeah. s- you know, symptom that I've been, I've been struggling with is just that total, just like, is, is disassociating the word, like you're just not present. Yes. Yes. So disassociation is essentially, um, your brain's way of protecting you when you're faced with a traumatic event. Okay. Um, so any type of trauma that happens, your brain is, your brain wants to protect you. And that's why when you hear about a lot of people going through, um, certain types of really traumatic situations, um, at any age, they might, you know, 
black out or right mm-hmm. quote unquote or they might not remember a lot of the situation what happened and essentially what was ha- what was going on is they were disassociating because they were trying to survive whatever was going on at that moment and that's, that's the way so the brain's way of protecting it yeah so so if you think about um you know someone going through a panic attack or you know that it's very a panic attack is very traumatic it's so scary it is so scary. And I don't think that people that's never had one understand how scary it is because essentially, you know, the main the main thought going through your brain that is at a level, you know, a volume 10 at that moment is that I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's like you're having, wrong a, with me. having a heart attack. Yeah. It's, 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 that's really what it feels like. It's so scary. Yes. And so that's also another thing that I make sure to tell everyone is that you cannot die from a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. No one has ever died from a panic attack. You cannot. And I know it's, it's so hard to believe because, you know, our brain tricks us to believe things. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy, but, but disassociation is, is very common. And I think it's because um, you know, I know it's, it's a panic attack in those moments is very, it's very traumatic. Yeah. So your brain's trying to stop that, you know, it's trying to protect you from getting further in that, in that moment of, of, you know, panic. Right. Yeah. So in that moment, you might not recognize that there's any thoughts behind that because you might feel numb and you just might not even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. once you're able again, like to dissect that with a therapist, you'll recognize that there are always thoughts behind it. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, yeah, that's so interesting. I know I really wanted to ask about that because I, I had been um, trying to, you know, figure that out. And I'm in a lot of positive, you know, anxiety groups and where people talk about their struggles and what they deal with. And a lot of people were saying that that is such a huge thing. And that that's such a crazy way to look at it, that it's literally your brain just trying to protect you <laughs> and trying to just I... remove you almost from the situation. I mean, our, our brain is what makes us alive. Yeah. You know, our brain is, helps everything in our body function. Yeah. And so, and so it's not just physically, right? Our brain and thanks to modern science, it's amazing. We've learned a lot of different, a lot of different things about how brains affect us um, emotionally and psychologically. And and what parts of the brain, you know, when they're less de- developed, you know, mm-hmm. because of certain situations, why, you know, certain people have have different mental health responses. So, yeah. It's just, it's all so interesting. It's, it's, yeah. it's, once you, especially when you deal with it, you know, and just learning about your fears and learning about what you deal with is it's, it's comforting in a way because I always, I feel like when I'm so scared of something, the best thing I I can do for myself is to educate myself on it. So when I'm so scared, I have such a fear of earthquakes and I started educating myself on them and um, you know, like the science behind them and what makes them do what they do. And I feel like that's been such a huge help for me is just to educate myself on the things that scare me. And anxiety is something that is scary. So everyone out there that's struggling is, you know, is being able to educate themselves on what they're dealing with. Yes. I think that's awesome. I think it's, it's so, I mean, it's, it's so great to be able to have this, kind of have a way to educate ourselves about this now because, uh, you know, there is still 
a stigma associated with mental health. I mean, you know, in our, in, you know, our realm of what we do, we might not notice that because I know that I surround myself with so many people and so many different um, businesses that are very invested in raising awareness for mental health, but there's still a lot of people in our world and in this country that, um, you know, do not have access to mental health resources that do not have, um, you know, do not even know where to go if they wanted to find a counselor or wanted to get help. And those are the types of people that, that I talk to on my Instagram that DM me all the time. And those are the people that I really love being able to reach with my platform because if, if they can feel less alone and they can message me and say, you know, what's the first step because I really think I need to get support, I'm like, so I, I'm just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. It's amazing that for people that don't have that, you know, like they, you could, they could be too young or have parents that aren't supportive, you know, and, and don't necessarily believe. Cause there's so many people out there that I've encountered that don't even believe that anxiety and depression and those things, even there's just, you know, it's just a thought. It's just, then don't be anxious, you know? So it's so amazing that there's people out there that, can go to someone like you and go to um, you know, your Instagram and these social media platforms and just feel so, you know, so much less alone because I can't even imagine yeah. how many people you've helped through, through your platforms. And that's such an amazing thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, and again, this is, you know, just something that I, I feel grateful for too, because I tell, I tell everyone that I talk to on Instagram that, they all help me. I call them my healers, but they, they help me. I mean, just as much or maybe even more than I help some of them. I mean, being able to have a community of people that are so open and honest and speak their truth and, um, recognize that it's okay to talk about these things is just, I mean, it takes so much courage and I just, I really appreciate it. One of the things I want to touch on, um, because you did mention how it, it's different dealing with it by generation. Like we could say, you know, our parents, it was not a thing to talk about mental health and it was not okay to say that you were depressed or had anxiety or anything. And now in this generation, like for Sage and I, we're very open and vulnerable and trying to like spread that awareness. Um, I was wondering for the next generation, like I know a lot of our listeners are moms or they're starting to become moms. How would you like recommend they approach this this therapy with their children? Yeah. So, um, well, there's a couple different things. I think even before the therapy, um, you know, if you're thinking of of finding a counselor, um, you know, the way to approach that might look different depending on like the age of your child or even your loved one. Maybe there's, you know, it, it looks a little different, but I think. Um, being able to just approach someone about that topic can feel really scary because you don't because of the stigma that's still happening but the best thing that that anyone can do whether it's a topic about therapy or, or any 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 hard challenging conversation to have is to say to that person that you are so open to hearing what they have to say and that there is no judgment with anything that they have to say and that you will always love and support them no matter what and that you are also open to learning about whatever it is that they're going through. Like you want to be educated. 
mind. So I think even, I think being able to really, and I mean, you guys probably know this, but I mean, I use the word validation all the time and how important it is to validate other people and validate their feelings is, is probably the hardest thing for people to do. And it's not their fault because people need to learn, people need to learn at a young age how to have that skill on what it looks like to validate someone. And I, and they don't teach them. They don't really teach that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, with the generations, we're just starting to really have these conversations about mental health and about feelings. And what does it look like to validate someone? I mean, I don't think there's not a session goes by where I teach, you know, where I don't teach one of my clients how, what validation looks like, or even giving them a template of how to say a valid, a validation statement to somebody, you know, Um, which, which basically is like, that sounds like, that sounds like it was really scary for you. That's a validation statement, right? It seems like that's very scary. All the time. I'm sorry. I tell my boyfriend that all the time because he doesn't have anxiety. And when he first was with me and like experiencing my anxiety, he would kind of just be like, just stop doing that. Like calm down. And now he's in a, now he's in the groove where he can just be like, that sounds really scary. I'm sorry you feel that way. Like that's all I need to hear. Yes, exactly. Good. Being validated can change your whole everything. (laughs) Just feeling like you're not, you're not um, alone and you're, you're being understood. 100% because in those moments, you guys probably notice, know this. And I mean, in moments that I've had, I don't want anyone to try and fix it because I don't believe that they can because they can't, like, they're not going to be able to just wave a wand and fix my brain in that moment. Totally. And so they need to just sit with me and, and, you know, maybe remind me of some of the things that I know I have to do. I mean, I have a whole toolbox of, of the strategies that I, that I pick, go to when I'm, I know I'm feeling certain anxieties. And so I encourage anyone that's working with a counselor or um, that's looking to m- maybe find some strategies and tools to create this kind of quote unquote toolbox because there are hundreds and hundreds of different ways that you can help quiet your mind when you're feeling highly anxious. And it's, you know, it's so nice to have someone who is supportive in that moment. And of course, not everyone has that, but, um, you know, it's nice to, to be validated. Yeah. And that's why it's something like what you do is, is, and having these platforms is just going back to that helps it, you know, you, not everyone has a support system. Yeah, exactly. It, this has been so nice. <laughs> this has Aww. been so I like educational and va- like we've been saying validating and yeah, I, I feel so validated. Right <laughs> yeah, Aww. and I I can't wait for I can't wait for our listeners to hear this and um because I we have so many people that have reached out to us that struggle with mental health and feel um you know like we understand them and that we're almost you know a voice for them for people that aren't um comfortable speaking up about it so having people on like you is such um a huge help and we are so happy that you were able to join us today Oh, I'm so glad to. Thank you so much for all that you do to help raise awareness. And I'd love to collaborate again at some point in the future. And I just wish everyone healing vibes. And if anyone 
ever needs to kind of reach out, they can reach out to me on Instagram. Yes. Um, please tell us where you can, um, where anyone can find you, all your platforms um, that people can re- reach out to you and find you on. Sure. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram as the anxiety healer. Um, I also have the anxiety healing school that the health and wellness online course platform, and that's the anxiety healing school.com. Um, if you're looking, if you live in Pennsylvania, um, I am doing virtual sessions only for right now. Um, and I can see anyone in Pennsylvania in my private practice and you can go to allisonstepanara.com to uh, make an appointment there as well. Awesome. Yay. Thank you you so much, Allison, for joining us today. Um, We will definitely be collaborating with you in the future. This has been so great for us and we really appreciate it. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much. You're the best. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was such a great convo. I am so happy Allison joined us and taught us everything that she knew. Um, she was so informative. Like she had so many things to say and I learned so much. I feel like I've gone to therapy for years, but I still learned like so much. And it's so nice to hear, um, the way there's so many just different ways to combat our mental health issues. So it's nice to hear so many different point, uh, point of views. Yeah. It's nice to know there's so many different options. If one thing doesn't work for you, something else will. And also like during this time where we're stuck in this, like inside, we're stuck during this pandemic, you can just go on her Instagram. You can go on her website and take her courses online. Exactly. She has so many, um, so many different things that you guys can do and not even, and not even just her going onto her, you'll be able to see so many different profiles that are doing so many different things that'll work for you. Something's bound to work. Something will help you. Um, and just know that you're never alone. We are all dealing with something on a small or a large scale. We're always here. Our DMS are always open. Um, we're, and we are all ears and we're wanting to talk and wanting to help you. Yep. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and before Erica hits you with our socials, I um, just want to say really quick, we do have a giveaway going on on our Instagram right now. We teamed up with a few other uh, cute bloggers for a really nice like sleep relaxation bundle. Um, you'll get a lot of really good stuff on there. It comes with a diffuser, a sleep mask, um, a book. And then I believe there was something else on there. Um, it was a sleep, uh, diffuser. It was oils, a pillow spray, a book, and then a sleep mask. So you get a lot of really good things. You just need to follow all the, uh, profiles that are on the um, post and then slide that you entered and you'll see all, you'll see, it's really easy to enter. Um, and that one closes on, I believe May 24th. And these products are so helpful for like this time right now where we're home all the time, we're, you know, not really doing too much. So like, it's hard to fall asleep. This is so helpful. Yep. It is. So, um, Erica's going to tell you our socials and it is on our Instagram. So you guys may uh, need to make sure and go follow us and check that out. Yeah. So check out all the details on our Instagram. It's at balance broads pod and our Twitter is at balance broads stage is at stage with two A's. I am at Erica.kl. And don't forget to check out Allison at the anxiety healer. And I think that that's everything, right? Yep. I think that's everything. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning into this week's episode. We will be back next week with another very special, special show. We thank you guys so much for tuning in every week. It means the world to us. And we hope you are staying safe and you are staying healthy. You are loved and you are so appreciated. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) We will see you next week, Broads. Bye.